Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Since it's been raining in California, probably for the last three months straight, you know, it's been some days of sunshine. We've had an unusual amount of rain here, so I thought I would address rainy day weather, rainy day schedules, things related to the rain in your pool route. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. The first question that I think I get often is what happens when a customer calls you and says, Hey, my pool looks like it's overflowing. Can you come out and drain the pool for me? And this is one of those things where a lot of times, or most of the time, it's not really a problem and draining down the pool is not necessary. Sometimes just letting the water flow and overflow is perfectly fine. Depending on the drainage of the pool, where the pool is located, and the actual slope of the backyard landscaping, all these are factors And if you should go out there and drain the pool. Now a lot of times when they build a pool, they put a hose spigot on the pump, above the pump, or somewhere on the equipment line when they pressure test everything, the builders usually leave that hose spigot on. And this is one area where the customer could actually drain their pool without too much trouble. Basically, they would just connect the garden hose to the hose spigot that's on the equipment, turn on the pump, open up that line, and then just let the water drain out somewhere through the garden hose. Hopefully, they remember to turn it off. And it won't work unless the pump is running. So you have to really explain this in detail to the customer, tell them, They need to attach a garden hose to the hose bib or spigot out there by the equipment. Go ahead and turn on their pump and go ahead and put the hose draining somewhere. And it'll drain pretty pretty rapidly. I mean, not amazingly fast, but just at the rate of a garden hose, kind of like when you're filling the pool. So they have to be careful not to overdo it. When it's not raining, I definitely recommend you going out there and showing the customer this process. A lot of times I'll leave a garden hose attached to it. So the customer can easily just turn that on when the pump is running and drain the pool down. Now on occasion, you do have to go out there and drain the pool. So if you have a submersible pump, you should have a sub-pump, submersible pump. And this is used for acid washes, draining pools. And it's also good during the rain to drain a pool down. And you can just set this on the first step, turn it on, and drain some water down. And it would be considered an emergency visit. So you charge the customer for that, of course. I mentioned that it's rarely necessary because a lot of times when the pools overflow, they're going to overflow usually from the skimmer. You may be at a pool and you may never see it overflow onto the deck. And if the builder has the slope correctly, the skimmer should be sitting in a location with some drains nearby so that the water can easily drain out of the top of the skimmer lid into the drain and you won't have any problem with maybe the pool overflowing in different areas. It should hopefully drain in one area. At least that's how a lot of the pools in my area are set up so that they're not flooding the backyard and you can't get to the pool because there's water everywhere. But in most cases, it's not harmful to the pool at all to have it overfill. 
and to be up to the coping or over the coping or at the level with the deck. It's just something, you know, the pool's going to be overfilled for a while. And eventually, if you're not getting a lot more rain, it'll evaporate. Now, if you're getting tons of rain and the backyard is not sloped correctly and the water has a chance of running into the customer's house, I definitely recommend for them to have their own submersible pump or sump pump and have that so they can put it on the first step, attach a garden hose to it, and that way they can drain the pool themselves without calling you out there. It's hard sometimes when you're getting tons of calls with pools overflowing. You don't know which ones are the real emergencies. You have to kind of remember and rack your brain and think, is this customer's pool going to be a problem? And sometimes you go out there and, and it's, it is a problem. Sometimes you go out there, in most cases, not really a problem. So you're kind of just wasting your time. But there are certain pools. I had one where the sliding glass door was below the pool and the slope was actually right at the sliding glass door. So w- during the rainy season, the customer would put sandbags out around it. It was just a really bad setup. And at this particular pool, I just left the garden hose attached to the hose spigot so that he can drain it himself by turning on the pump. And it was not a big deal. So I think it's really important that you educate the customer to get them set up properly if they have a way to drain the pool themselves. If not, they can purchase an inexpensive sump pump or submersible pump and attach a garden hose to that to drain the pool. But you get a lot of calls in the rain of customers really worried about their house flooding from the pool. And again, in most cases, if it's built correctly with the right drainage, it's probably not going to happen. And the pool water is not going to really harm any of the landscaping or decking in most cases. So that's the first thing that you get a lot of calls on. And then the second question I always get is, how much rain is too much rain to go out and work in? And I think it's just a matter of understanding the personal danger that you put yourself in by going out there on a rainy day. I think in my area, accidents increase by like 600%. You hear the fire engine and ambulance going all day long in the rain. And so how much of your own personal risk are you taking by going out there? If there's lightning, thunder and lightning, you definitely don't want to go out there because you could possibly get hit by lightning. I've had two or three pools. I know two for sure. One where the lightning hit the equipment. So if I was standing back there at that time, I probably wouldn't be here. Another one where the lightning had struck the tree in the front yard and broke off a branch. And so if you don't think the lightning will ever strike anywhere near your service accounts, you're wrong. It will strike near your service accounts. And it is really dangerous to go out there and thunder and lightning. So if there's a thunderstorm predicted, you don't want to go out there, period, because you're putting your life at risk. And it's one of those things where it's really not necessary because if there's lightning and thunder, that means that the rain is pretty torrential. Not much you can do anyway at the stop. So you're just wasting everyone's time by going out there. But I think pulling the plug depends on how bad the rain is as far as visibility. I mean, if it's raining two or three inches, there's no way you can even see anything beyond the surface of the water. You can't see anything that's going on. And to me, it's just a waste of time because whatever chemistry reading you're going to get at that point, it's going to change as the rainstorm continues. So I would just say take a rainy day and stay home in that case. Now, if it's a quarter of an inch and drizzling, you probably want to go out there because you're just getting a little bit wet. It's not super dangerous, and you can probably see the pool fairly well when it's drizzling. You're not going to do a full service clean, and if you have a service agreement, you're going to stipulate in there that on a rainy day, you're just going to check the baskets and chemicals and go on to the next stop because there's really not much you can clean. And in my area, when it's raining, it's usually windy, so it's just a waste of effort and time to do anything to the pool in that case except check the chemicals and, you know, maybe wave to the customer to let them know that you're at the stop and that you're doing the service. But it's one of those things where the rain can be dangerous. One of the local guys that I use for my heater repairs 
was out in the rain one time and he got hit and he got injured. And so he doesn't go out anymore in the rain to do any kind of repairs or work because of that situation. It's just really not worth it. I've broken my ribs in the rain. I was getting something out of my truck and I slipped on the side and then I landed on the side of my truck and cracked some ribs there. So it can be quite dangerous. I've also slipped in the mud in the rain and kind of sprained my ankle. So it's one of those things where it is risky and dangerous to be out there in the rain, period. And if it's raining torrentially, I would just call it a day. It's not really something that you want to go out and show your face. Customers will may even say, hey, what are you doing out here? It's raining too hard. So, you know, you just have to kind of judge it by your area. One thing that is really irritating is when the, you know, the meteorologist predicts one or two inches of rain coming and they say it's a 100% chance of rain and you wake up the next day and like the sun's out. That's kind of irritating, but that can happen. So it's one of those things where you have to keep an eye on the forecast and it may be hourly. You may start out working and then when it starts to rain, you may call it a day at that point. Or if it's raining when you wake up, it may clear up. And then you have to decide at what point of the route you want to start. You want to start at the beginning because if it's 10 o'clock, you really can't unless you start at 10 o'clock, which is kind of weird. But if you're one of those early birds like me and start at 6 or 7 in the morning, going out there at 10 o'clock doing the full route is not going to be possible. So you may just want to skip the pools at the beginning when it was raining and just continue from that point. It's really up to you to decide how you want to do your rainy day schedule. But I would say, you know, for me, Anything that's beyond half an inch of rain here in California means that you can't do much or see much and it's just dangerous out there. So I don't even bother going out. But if it's going to be a drizzle, yes, you definitely want to go out there. And if it's going to be one or two inches of rain, you definitely don't want to go out, period. And what happens when you have weeks of rain? Let's say that you have a service day on a Thursday and you don't go out that week because of the rain. And then it's predicted the rain the following Thursday. Now, in that case, do you go out there when it's raining and pouring rain because you didn't go the week prior? And I think the answer is kind of strategic. You can go out if the rain is kind of light and you missed the previous week. Now, if it's going to be like one or two inches of rain, it's not worth your time to go out there. So I would say those Thursdays, Thursday pools that you miss, you want to do on the Friday after if it's a clear day. Or if it's a Wednesday and it's not raining, you definitely want to hit those Thursday pools on that Wednesday and maybe skip most of those Wednesday pools. It's really a tough call because you're kind of juggling accounts. And let's say that you do that and then it doesn't rain on Thursday. Well, then you have to go back and maybe do the Wednesday pools on that Thursday. But you just want to kind of be strategic about it. You can't, of course, go two full weeks without servicing the pool. That's kind of a recipe for disaster. In some cases, some pools will maintain themselves pretty well for three or four weeks in the, in the wintertime without you worrying about it. But I would not recommend skipping, you know, two weeks. That means that you're going to be there three weeks later. To me, that's too long of a gap. So you have to kind of figure out what you want to do in the rain. You know, how much rain is too much rain and kind of look at the long-term forecast. I'm kind of obsessed with the weather. So I'm always checking. I have, I have three weather apps on my phone and I'm always comparing them and going through them and checking the 10-day forecast for this reason, because I want to be able to kind of schedule my route a week in advance to find out how the weather is going to be. But if you're not doing that, then you're kind of just kind of guessing of how the weather is going to be, especially if you're getting a lot of rain during the season or unusual amount of rain like we're having here. You definitely want to keep the long-term forecast on the top of your mind so you can move the schedule around if you need to. Now let me talk about another problem that happens during the rain, and that's mud washing into the pool. 
A lot of times this is a landscaping issue or a problem with the actual build of the pool, where they put the pool, the layout of the backyard. And if you do get mud washed into the pool on a rainy day, this is really a big problem with the pool itself, with the landscaping again. And this is a problem that's going to be a continuous problem until it's addressed. So if it is being washed in from the planter, maybe there's a slope in front of the pool and there's a planter and there's no bricks or any kind of divider or any kind of brace or, or setback for this area. Of course, when it rains, the water's going to run down that little slope. If there's no bricks there or sandbags, it's going to run right into the pool and there's going to be mud in the pool. Now, the danger here is staining because in the mud, in the dirt, I should say, are a lot of metals. You may have iron, you may have copper. For sure, iron could be in the dirt. And I've seen the staining many times where mud washes in the pool. You get there, you can't even see the bottom because the pool looks so bad. And so basically, you're skimming the top. Maybe you're able to vacuum and clear it up in two or three weeks. But once you do that, you'll notice a lot of staining on the bottom from where the dirt was sitting. And that staining may not be able to be removed without draining and acid washing the pool. So it's really important to bring this up to your client and let them know that if their planter does have a tendency to let mud get into the pool, that they should address it right away to prevent staining of the pool. Of course, it's a really messy and it's a big cleanup project for you to clean up a mud pool. That's going to cost some money because your time is valuable and you're going to probably be spending more time there vacuuming it, maybe with a portable vacuum maybe doing something with the filter as far as cleaning it or replacing the elements because it's just got too muddy. Whatever the case may be, the best thing you can do about a mud pool is to prevent it from happening in the first place. And that is, again, a landscaping issue. And you can pretty much spot it. Or if you haven't looked at the pools carefully before the rainstorms, you're going to have a mud pool eventually at that account. And then you can address the problem after the fact, which is probably not the best, but you won't know until it happens in some cases. But if it does happen, you definitely want to get with your client and have them talk to a landscaper about shoring up that area. And usually it's an area that's kind of sloping towards the pool where there's a planter where there's a lot of dirt. And this is where the mud will wash in. There's many things they can do. They can reinforce it by raising that area up maybe by another foot, maybe a foot and a half. Or doing something with the dirt so that it's not going to run off gravel, whatever needs to be done at that point to prevent the dirt from getting into the pool. And sometimes sandbags are a good temporary barrier when you see an area that's going to potentially run into the pool. Sometimes after the fact, if you had a really rainy week and a lot of mud washed into the pool, then you definitely want to have the homeowner put sandbags down to prevent that from happening the following rainstorm until they can get the landscaper out there to fix the problem. Again, it's a pretty common problem, especially in my area where a lot of pools have a lot of landscaping around it. There's not too many pools here, which is all cement, which are nice, but there aren't too many of those here. So the landscaping definitely can be an issue, and you want to address that. So mud is something that happens with torrential rain, and it's a big problem. I mentioned that it's windy here when it rains, and so the pools are pretty messy. And so you want to maybe take a windy day schedule or use your windy day schedule when it's raining. So you're going to be cleaning. The following week, you're going to be getting the top cleaned up getting all the leaves off and then you're going to be vacuuming the bottom of the pool maybe the following week depending on how windy it was one thing you're going to notice and this is something that's in my area at least is that there's going to be a lot of worms in the pool and this is something it's kind of like something that happens in heavy rain if the ground gets saturated i guess scientifically the worms can't survive 
in the dirt that's got moisture in it. So they come out and they crawl away looking for a dry area. And then, of course, they crawl right into the pool and drown at the bottom. And so you may have a pool that's just covered with worms on the bottom. And that's just because the ground gets so saturated that they naturally just come out of the dirt because of that. And then they crawl somewhere and invariably they end up at the bottom of the pool. It's pretty gross. And one of the things that I think is the worst part about it is the smell of the worms when you vacuum out after they've been in there for a week. To me, the stench of their bodies is kind of overwhelming, especially if you're using a canister and you got to empty out the canister and they're all stuck in there. It's pretty gross. And it's one of those things that is just one of the things you have to deal with in pool service, especially in the rain in an area where there's grass around the pool. You're going to get the worms going in there. Even when there's no grass, if there's any kind of dirt around the pool, chances are you're going to have a worm invasion in that pool. So I call it worm Armageddon sometimes. It's so bad that you know, you're filling up containers of with dead worms, you know, scooping them out with your leaf rake, the canisters are full. And definitely you want to use a leaf canister when you're when you're vacuuming up a worm pool because they'll definitely clog up the pump basket with their bodies. But you might even get one or two phone calls from a customer saying, hey, you know, the pool's full of worms. I need you to get over here and get them out. And there's really no harm with the worms on the bottom. They may leave some partial staining once in a while once you get them out, but it'll go away, of course. It's just one of those things that happens in the rain in my area, at least. And then last, I think the chemistry of the pool is somewhat important to note. In the wintertime, it's nothing really crucial in my area because the chlorine holds really well in the pool. However, if you do get a tremendous amount of rain and you have a very long rainy season, there are chances for the pool to zero out and you have to add chlorine to the pool. But in most cases, the pool should stay fairly well. Algae doesn't really grow in cold water, so it's not going to be a problem if you know the chlorine level zeroes out for a week. In most cases, the pool will be fine. But of course, you want to add chlorine when necessary. And so after the rainstorm's over, you want to test the pool and make sure that you bring the chlorine level back up. One question I get sometimes is, hey, should I shock my pool? I know there's a big storm coming in. We're going to get two or three inches of water. And usually my pool, you know, starts to turn a little bit, gets cloudy. So should I shock the pool before the rainstorm gets here? And my answer usually is no, because sometimes the rain will miss. And then you have a pool that's super chlorinated for really no good reason. I think recovering a pool after the rain, except for a pool that has mud in it, is not an issue. And so shocking a pool or shocking the pools on your route before the rain hits is not something that you want to do. Now you may want to add extra chlorine to the pools in case you're going to miss that following week because maybe there's rain predicted a week in advance and you know that you're going to miss that scheduled stop. And so you want to make sure that you have enough chlorine to hold for at least two weeks. And so that's what I would recommend adding more chlorine to the pool if you're there on a Friday, let's say, and then the following Friday, it looks like there's going to be a pretty big rainstorm coming in. Again, it's hard to predict it a week out, especially if you live near the ocean, like over here in California, where things change rapidly. But if you have a fairly good idea that it's going to rain the following Friday, hard enough where you're not going to go out there, then by all means, add extra chemicals to that pool on the Friday prior to that. And that way, at least you have that added insurance in case you don't make it there. Now, if you make it there, it's not a huge deal because then the chlorine is a little bit higher, but it's something that you're going to have to take the chance with sometimes if you want to predict the weather and actually chlorinate the pool ahead of time. You can do that in some cases, but in most cases, I don't recommend that because sometimes the rain won't hit. It's only if you know pretty much for sure that you're not going to make it out there because of the weather. 
Another thing also is that the rain is going to eventually dilute the chemicals in the pool, so it's going to dilute the cyanuric acid. I know it doesn't evaporate out of the pool, nor does the salt evaporate out of the pool, but with a lot of rain, it's going to dilute the water at least, and so you may have to add more cyanuric acid at the beginning of the season. You definitely will probably have to add more salt to the pool at the beginning of the season, so keep an eye on that as the season approaches after the rainstorm ends. Definitely, you want to make sure that you have the proper cyanuric acid level and the proper level of salt if you have a saltwater pool. I think, bottom line, just kind of play the rainy day schedule in your area by ear, depending on how much rain you get. Have kind of set parameters of when you don't want to go out, you know, thunder and lightning, of course, the amount of rain, and kind of set things up so that if you do skip a pool one week and the rain's predicted the following week, you want to make sure you hit that pool, either which is a chemical stop or some way to get there by moving days around. The rain can be tricky, especially if you get rain constantly like we've had here for the last three months. And it's something that you have to deal with as part of doing pool service. Of course, you deal with the elements. But as long as you have a plan, I think you'll be able, you'll be able to handle the rainy season in your area, no problem. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.